Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. I've got an exciting show lined up tonight. I'm here with Christopher Manti, Pastor for Christopher Manti, and uh, we're going to be discussing more research on Islam. It seems it never ends. We keep uh, uncovering more and more. And Chris has, I originally came across Chris's research. He had done a video back in 2012 called the Islamic Mark of the Beast on his channel Armageddon News. And that was a video that really tied a lot of pieces of the puzzle together for me. So, Chris, thank you for doing that. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, we're still doing the show on the backup channel. The primary channel is still demonetized. I hope to have that back up soon, but I'm still waiting uh, so please uh, throw up some super chats. Please support the show. Logosmedia.com is the website. And uh, you can uh, support us through Patreon as well. And there is also a Bitcoin link there for those of you who want to want to support the show on Bitcoin. Greatly appreciate everybody's support. And so, uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jan. It's a great pleasure, man. I appreciate you reaching out to me and um, look forward to a stimulating conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Specialize in that. Well, you know, and uh, well, I had reached out to you a few months ago, and I just kept nagging you to get you on. So I'm glad you finally made it. I know you were writing a book, and you were distracted. I know the feeling. Yes, sir. Yeah, Fleet of the Mountains has finally got finished. But uh, so I thank you for chasing me down. I appreciate you uh, not giving up because it's a great, uh, great honor to be able to share. And uh, so how did you get into this area of research? How, you know, well, first, yeah, start off. How did you get into this area of work? Boy, um, how do you go without giving your testimony? Um, I mean, the <laughs> Lord called me. It's true. The Lord called me at a very young age, eight years old. Uh, and at that time, I was in the Catholic Church. So I just assumed that means you were going to be a priest. Uh, so I was fine for a while until you find out, you know, you can't be married. And so I'm like, well, I guess that's not the Lord at all, because I do. And so uh, on and on from there, basically, he put the love at that point, he put the love of the return of Christ in my heart and basically just spoke to me that um, the story is not over. The story that you see in the Bible is not finished. You're in the middle of this thing um, and there's parts yet to play and that uh, when he comes, it will be um, a great day, but a terrible day. And so find out about that basically was my charge uh, way back when. So uh, it takes quite a while to get to adulthood and, and um, realizing that the call is still on your life. And so, you know, even though I had been saved since I was eight, um, really coming into what he called me to do happened much later. So, you know, 20, 30 years down the line, but he always did, um, you know, I always had a, a interest in um, Middle Eastern news and things of that sort and, and Islam. And I didn't understand it at all, uh, but I knew it was different. I knew that something in Israel was uh, controversial and uh, there's a lot of fighting all the time. And these nations are for some reason never, never could make um, uh, peace with one another. And there was something there. Um, and then it began to creep into home, closer to home with um, the first World Trade Center uh, attack. And so, you know, even back then it was like, who would, why would we be subject to this? Who would do this again? And for what purpose? Uh, so basically that was the beginning of my uh, personal journey, um, researching, you know, just finding out about what, what this religion is all about. Uh, how is it different than mine? Cause you'll, as you know, you'll find the 
whole gamut of opinion out there by <clears throat> this is just another expression of God. This is it's the same God. We just worship in different ways or et cetera, et cetera. We love Jesus and all these things. So it can, can get quite complicated. But uh, basically when, you know, when jihad uh, begins to be visited on your home, I live very close to New York City <clears throat> at that time. So it was, it was a wake up call for me. Uh, even then. So just watching events, um, the Iran-Iraq war, things of this nature, and then obviously 9-11 for a lot of us um, shook us to the core pretty good. And we've uh, hopefully a lot of us from square one to say, hey, what what is uh, Islam all about? What is this? Uh, why is it uh, so impactful? Why is this, what about, what are they after? What do they want? And why do they care? Why is my country important to them? Etc. <clears throat> so, uh, one of the um, once you begin to study, you read the source material, you read the Quran, you read the Hadith. Hopefully, you do if you're interested in it. Like, um, like you're saying, no matter what the topic is, you want to go to the source materials. Absolutely. Possible, and not, you know, not depend on someone's opinion about it. Um, <clears throat> so, just doing that, and okay, now I'm learning, learning a, a little bit about it. But then you start to see. Right after 9-11, there was a, a very short period of time, I don't know if, if you had this experience or not, but um, of unity in the country, but also in the church. And that was my big takeaway was, oh my gosh, this is, this is what it feels like. You know, this is what it's like to have unity in the body of Christ. And the churches were full for like two weeks. Uh, and then it started to abate, you know, uh, it started to go back to normal. And that really, really kind of depressed me. Um, honestly, like what, what the heck is it going to take? Um, but, uh, then I was reading accounts of not only, you know, everyone thought there'd be a huge backlash against Islam and again, and against Muslims and, oh my gosh, what's going to come of this to the opposite where American, uh, young people, especially, uh, women, especially, uh, were converting to Islam after 9-11. We're like, oh, wait a minute, that's backwards. Um, how is this happening? <laughs> so it's then that I really, really got an understanding of the spiritual uh, oppression, the spiritual nature of it, and uh, how powerful it is, and how um, intimidating it can be. And we see that playing out more and more and more, whether it's on the streets of England or in Germany or Sweden, uh, or even here in the United States, wherever, that uh, it's just intimidation is, their main, is the main spirit behind that whole thing. Um, so the average person up to the government, to the police, um, every level is susceptible to this fear. So that really motivated me to say, okay, Lord, what, what would you have me do about this? And so first tell the truth, tell the truth, and then lead people to the Lord. That's the mission, basically. I agree with you. And, you know, lately what we see happening is more people returning to church with, um, you know, sacrificing babies and so-called uh, post-birth abortions. But, uh, you know, it's like it takes all of these extreme events for people to start waking up and saying, you know, maybe there's something to that Bible thing. Mm. Um, you know, back to the topic of Islam, since 2015, there have been 83,648 people murdered by Islamic terrorists. That's just in the last four years, and that is up to yesterday with the most recent terrorist attack being yesterday. In uh, 2015, there were 2,000, 
890 terrorist attacks in 53 countries with a total of 27,641 people murdered with 26,169 injured. And, you know, people always say, well, you know, we're the ones going to the Middle East and and causing all of all of the stuff and we're bombing all of these countries. So we're the bad guys. And, you know, it's the poor Muslims and all this stuff. But, you know, I haven't even added up how many people have been murdered since 9-11. And, you know, it's probably at least getting, you know, probably about four to five hundred thousand people, you know, across the world. And now, and we're going to go into this more, but now, uh, last year, Christians were the most persecuted people on earth. And they want us to think that it's the poor Muslims that are persecuted, but that's part of the storyline. Do you agree with that? For sure. For sure. It's not uh, convenient, right? It's an inconvenient truth, as that Mr. Gore would, would say. Uh, <laughs> that, that's true. That's exactly what's been going on. Uh, but the, the comforting part, if you want to look at it that way, is that the this is what Jesus said. And so as long as we're okay with that, in as much as we understand that it's uh, this is the way it has to be. Um, we can take some solace uh, in that. I do just really quick about Armageddon. It's just um, this is not. I mean, I help certainly with it. Uh, I'm glad to assist in whatever way we can to get videos created and, and uh, spread around news items and things. Uh, th- there was a brother in South Africa who is in charge of it, and he, he still is. Uh, he's the one that makes all these 3D videos that you see, um, and he's just supremely talented. But his always his uh, main motivation is to be an evangelist on the streets of his city in, uh, in um, the cities of South Africa. And so he keeps a low profile online to be able to do that work uh, in the city because he's known and people know his face. So uh, he would be endangering himself um, by, you know, being much more out there with it, just so everyone knows. Uh, so his, his name is John. They pray for him. And so he's definitely the driving force behind Armageddon News. But <clears throat> there's a small team of folks who, you know, love what he was doing and say, hey, how can I help you? How can we, you know, uh, move this thing along? And so that's that's how I'm, I'm part of it, just so we all know. Well, you know, the guy, one of the people that I've been doing uh, these series of shows on Islam with is from South Africa, and he fled to uh, Poland last year. Hmm. So, you know, he moved back to South Africa uh, and he was there for eight months. And then two of his neighbor's homes were uh, firebombed. So uh, he left. Yep. Yep. That's the that's the way that life is. uh, Actually, I've worked with more than one uh, brother from South Africa. Honestly, it's very uh, interesting how um, the Lord connects people. But um, yes, it's that's the way that's the way we're at. It's the time we're at right now. And the, the more you go north into Africa, of course, the more uh, Islam has taken, uh, taken control. And the northern half of the continent basically is, is all Islamic right now, um, which is not the way it's always been. Well, yeah, you read the Bible and all that stuff was Christian. Correct. And not even that long ago. I mean, Ethiopia 30 years ago was a Christian country. And now there's, if at, at best, it's, uh, it's cut in half. Um, civil wars and Sudan used to be a, a mostly Christian place. So it's a big, big change and it's not, um, not a stalemate by any, how about, means. how about Indonesia? You know, and what most people don't realize is that 
almost all Islamic countries in the not so distant past were actually Christian nations, and they took them over. That's certainly the case in the Middle East. Yeah, the, uh, the Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world, and it's nowhere near the Middle East. That a lot right. of folks realize that. Um, but yeah, the uh, especially in the core Bible lands, right? The Syria, Iraq, Lebanon, Turkey. What we know is Turkey today, um, North Africa, Egypt. They were all Christian nations, or uh, where the headquarters of Christianity were Alexandria, uh, where Paul was from. You know, th these are all centers of the church, and Islam came in hundreds of years later and turned the turned the tide. Um, so it's a um, misnomer, I think, today to think, well, that's just the way it always was there. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, it's aggressive use of force um, by uh, by Islam that has changed the map, literally. Absolutely true. And freedom has fallen away everywhere it's gone, you know. And then, you know, the Christians become demi and they have to pay taxes and whatnot to practice their religion. Or as we've seen... Uh, you know, in one country after another, they're slaughtered. And, uh, you know, so right now it looks like Syria may be the next one where this is uh, potentially happening. But we saw it in Iraq. We've seen it in Iran. We've seen it uh, all over the place. Throughout, yep. throughout, throughout Africa as well. Mm -hmm. And again, this is just part of the part of the pattern. This is the way it goes. And um, when folks want to say, well, this is an extremist group here. We've got a lot of extremist groups that believe the exact same thing or pretty close to, well, to the same thing. So it's a pattern. What most people don't realize is that the moderate Muslims are the ones that we are, are the good. Excuse me. The good Muslims are the ones who follow the Quran and the Hadith and Sharia law, et cetera. And they. They kill off the kafir and they subjugate the kafir. Those are the good Muhammad-believing Muslims. The bad Muslims are the ones that you and I get along with. Right. Correct. Yeah, the ones who aren't taking it too serious uh, are the ones who care about things that we care about. Uh, that's right. If you're really into it, if you're um, uh, orthodox, right, if you're serious and committed and, and uh, really sold out for your faith— uh, you will be a more extreme version. And that's true of any faith that you're in, uh, whether it's Christianity, Islam, Judaism, or anything else. Uh, you'll be a more um, committed to, to what you believe God wants you to do. It's just common sense. And so, yeah, we want, hopefully, uh, the, the bad Muslim, the one who aren't following the rules and all the uh, dictates and, and demands uh, that Islam makes are the ones that um, are more like normal folks <laughs> right Not and they're the ones that people like us and david wood etc are more likely to convert to christianity as well you know but then they become apostates and they can be killed so you know a right. lot of people don't realize is that you know in islam if you are an apostate if you leave the religion they can kill you you know parents will kill their own children if they leave the uh religion so mm -hmm. um and part Part of that, sorry to step on your toes there. Jan, uh, no worries. Part of that is that's a great heroic aspect that I really admire uh, about uh, former Muslims is that exact fact. They they know, and we know that it's going to be very dangerous for them. Not only from their you know the government of their country or their town, their actual family a lot of times uh, will have it out for them. Will at at the least give them a very hard life. Will kick them out of the house will prevent them from uh, 
uh, getting jobs, things of that nature, or kill you themselves. And so when they go into believing in the Messiah, knowing that, and they know that and they accept that uh, risk, they counter the cost. Like Jesus would say, you have to count the cost. And so they've done that. And a lot of Western Christians have not, frankly, we have not. Uh, we are not ready to do that. And so I admire that about, um, about former Muslims who've uh, found Christ. Well, they, they do make the best converts, you know, because, uh, <laughs> you know, but the issue is, is converting them. And what is it out of all of the Muslim, all of the Islamic countries, 53 or so have the Bible outlawed. So they're not even allowed to read it, you know, and that, that must mean it's quite the threat if your country doesn't even allow you to read the book, you know, they must be quite frightened of it. Um, you know, and, and when you compare Islam and 51% of the Quran is about killing and subjugating the kafir, then you, you know, it's like, huh, you know, wow, that's, that's a religion, you know, it's like 14% of it is about following a law. And that's a whole other topic on its own. And then you have, uh, and thank you, Dashing Rogue, for the, uh, the the super chat. And then you have the, you know, this this whole belief, this whole system that is there to, you know, go around and kill or lie to use Takia against anyone who doesn't follow your religious beliefs. And then, you know, and then to either subjugate you or tax you. And I had... You know, somebody today, you know, they, they use all these tactics. They can pretend that they're Christians or whatnot. But uh, this guy today is saying that it's the religion of peace. What most people don't realize is that how Islam is the religion of peace is that when they kill or subjugate everyone who is not a, a, a Muslim, then the world will be at peace. Mm -hmm. All right. Dar, Dar el Harb and all that. Yeah, Dar Salaam. Right. So th that's just the nature of the world until everyone is a Muslim. Then there, there will be peace. That's true. That's how we get there. <laughs> and by the way, that's what the Islamic Jesus, Isa, uh, comes to pronounce. Right. And I think this is why we have to be very, very careful. Uh, if you're a Christian, if you're a Bible student uh, and you see these end times things starting up um, to realize that Islam has a baked-in um, scenario to fit r exactly in what our prophecies say, only in the negative sense. So when their Jesus comes to bring uh, Islam to the world, you might say, ha-ha, whatever, I'm not believing that guy. Well, what if he comes looking just like the Jesus in your pictures, and he has miraculous powers, <laughs> and he can heal the sick and he can heal right and on and on and produce uh, water and wine and, and bread and fish uh etc etc that's gonna be a problem uh for a lot of christians who aren't prepared and don't know ahead of time what's coming most people have a hard time understanding that you know, here, here, here's the real issue. The crux of the matter is that there's about 1.4 to 1.8 billion Muslims, and then there's another. Then there's about a hundred million members of the Muslim Brotherhood, which is the largest terrorist organization on earth. And it doesn't really matter all that much as if Iran and Saudi Arabia are squabbling against one another. You still have these massive 
terrorist factions and groups and whatnot that are still working to push forward this whole agenda, whether it's Sharia or, or I mean, whether it's Sunni or, you know, whichever uh, group it, it happens to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's, like you say, it's a lot more, uh, it's Muhammad's teaching. It's like there must be an Islamic kingdom throughout the whole earth. That's it. Whoever takes that seriously is going to pursue that end. And some uh, take different tacks. Some are more political, some are more uh, physical and violent. Uh, some want to work within existing systems and some want to crush the existing systems. But it's all the same goal. And we're seeing that with uh, uh, our representatives here in the U.S. Congress now. Now, these, these folks, are Ms. Talib and Ms. Omar, they want to, uh, from within, uh, infiltrate and push out the propaganda. And you're, this Israel stuff is all pre-planned, guys. It's, this is the way that they're going to uh, work their way into the consciousness of America and get more Muslims elected. That's what they're thinking. And so it's, just, it's not going to slow down because these folks are serious folks. And they're, they're patient. The Muslim Brotherhood, like you mentioned, they've been around for over 100 years. And they're fine with that. They're going to wait as long as they have to wait. Iran is very patient. They're going to wait as long as they have to wait. Um, so they're playing the long game, and they because they, it's a religious issue to them. It's not uh, a matter of an election or uh, some kind of uh, progressive movement or an advancement of this, that, the other thing. Then we'll throw away our religion. That's not how it works. So um, yes, they're totally committed. And uh, I, I want to uh, read a comment from somebody in the chat, and then I want to get into your – I watched a si- series of your videos today uh, mm-hmm. that I want to get into that. But uh, Rebel Lion, he's in Bosnia. I used to live in uh, uh, former Yugoslavia. He says, as an ex-Muslim, I can conclude that Muslims are either lazy and ignorant of the doctrine or wicked and practicing takia. And I 100% agree with that. Thank you so much. Uh, and, uh, you know, really appreciate you stepping up and he's, uh, you know, I haven't seen you in the chat for some months, but, uh, good to see you pop up again tonight. But, uh, you know, there's, there's somebody there, you know, that's one of the, you know, other than Albania, that's one of the, uh, Muslim countries that were never able to shed, you know, Islam and, and get them back down into, uh, the Middle East, unfortunately. So rebel line, I mean, if, if you're listening there, are you, are you a Christian now or are you an atheist? I think he's Christian, uh, if I recall. Good. Okay. I'm just because a lot of these um, folks are seeing the, the evil acts of, of uh, Islamic culture and doctrine and things, and they're leaving the faith and they're apostates, which is good. Uh, but a lot of them just are going to, straight to atheism. They think, oh, well, this is all junk. You know, this is all garbage. I don't get no Christian God, no uh, Islamic God, no nothing. I just want to be, you know, pro humanity or whatever. And, that's good in a way, but you know, as a if, if you're a Christian, if you're if you're in any position of leadership, like if you're a pastor or something, you're like, well, atheists are still going to hell. Like this is still a problem. You know, it really doesn't right. matter if we're not moving over to this side of the ledger. So anyway, I just yeah, want you to, have to get on the right hand there. You can't just yeah. be dangling in the middle or you know halfway over on the left still. Correct. Amen. Goats to the left, sheep to the right. So, yeah, Rebel Lion gives us the thumbs up there. Yeah, he's a Christian. But, Bless the Lord. Good. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, why don't we talk about your series? And what's your series called? I believe that what I referenced uh, to you is called The Ten Signs of Return of Jesus is Near. Um, that is a, a mini course, basically, that we have on 
uh, up on our academy for free at Wings of the Eagles, my ministry page. Um, that is just basically laying out. A lot of folks will say, Christians, yeah, we're into this end time stuff or we're into prophecy. We think Jesus is coming soon. We feel it. Maybe we, you know, we share it with our friends and, and um, et cetera, but we can't explain why. We can't say, well, it's because of this happening or because of this scripture or because of that. So the 10 signs, the return of Jesus is near, uh, just kind of lays it out. And a lot of the signs that we put there are, have to do with Islam and Islamic nations, because um, like I mentioned earlier, there's a, there's a predisposition uh, to want to bring uh, to pass. They don't know it. Islamic doctrine has no clue what they're, they're actually fulfilling a satanic plan. Um, but this is what the uh, enemy would desire to bring one nation, a super nation basically together uh, of, of Islamic nations together against the people of Israel and the state of Israel, uh, and then to come against any Christian who would oppose that. That's exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. Uh, so they're just seeing it from the other end. So anyway, those um, many of these signs, other than the creation of Israel in uh, recreation, 1948, as the sign, but basically everything after that has to do with the um, Islamic nations and the specific geographical locations uh, that are given to us that we should be watching and I, you know, I, you had a lot of really good points in your uh, whole series today. I think I did link that in the uh, show notes down there. Yeah, 10 signs of Jesus.com. And it's like uh, 10, 12 videos there. It takes, oh, I don't know, two and a half hours to go through. But I did go through your whole series today. And you also had a, a really interesting video up on the, well, you not you, but I guess the person in South Africa is uh, on the Armageddon News Channel really good one I was watching was Islamic Babylon Exposed. That was, uh, you know, there's there's some serious meat in there that I recommend people check that one out as well. And I will post that link in the chat for people to uh, watch after the show. Thank you, MKMK, for your uh, support there. Much appreciated. And, uh, you know, so I, I just put that link up there. Now, how is Rome, and, and just getting into the questions I sent you, how is Rome the city of seven hills, but Mecca is the city of seven mountains? Right. So the accepted uh, interpretation of the years, the um, tradition that has been built up around Rome is that when the book of Revelation was written by John the Apostle, that he clearly clearly is referencing Rome when it talks about in, in chapter 17 about the seven mountains and um, the great city on it. So we're talking about mystery Babylon. Um, so it's just assumed that, well, his, Rome is called the city on seven hills. It's an old name. Well, a lot of cities claim that, <laughs> okay? It's really not clear what came first, the chicken or the egg in that case. Um, so Rome would take, you know, take titles for itself and claim to be the, the greatest city and all that when they had an empire, um, then it fell apart. And so what, what Arabia fulfills, uh, Rome, basically in my view and in uh, John's view and many others are coming to realize that, um, when we really look at what the scripture just says, again, go to the source material, uh, without opinions in there, without traditions and superimposed. What does it actually say? And when it says the seven uh, heads that you see on this beast, this kingdom, 
uh, are seven mountains or oros, uh, which are not hills. Those are not, uh, not anything small or little that you can put a city on. Uh, these are actually mountains. Um, in the case of Mecca, Mecca and Saudi Arabia, it's, it's interesting that there are actually are mountains all over their, um, the western shoreline of the Red Sea, going all the way up uh, to Elat, uh, all the way up to um, where Israel and, and Jordan are. As a matter of fact, Mount Sinai is among those mountains, I believe. Um, and so there are seven prominent mountains in, in Mecca that you could point to and say, well, that's just, if Rome can be, why can't, why can't this? If that's the only criteria that we're talking about, uh, why can't it be that? Um, so, I, you know, if that's it, then you, there's a couple of choices. Now, there are more than that. There's more than that. There's, uh, if, when John is, sees this mystery Babylon, he's taken to a desert, uh, and yet it's by a sea. That usually doesn't happen. <laughs> that's a, a strange geographic phenomenon um not many places in the world where that can be uh but it's also if you were looking at the old testament prophets revelation is a, a big mistake we make as the church sometimes is we want to isolate revelation say well this is its own book and its own thing and it has all this new information and all these new symbols and we can't possibly make sense of it but it's actually just referring back to the old testament prophets 90 percent of the time it's just makes a whole lot of sense to me when I read it, but you know that's just me. <laughs> most most <laughs> folks are a little. I don't get this. Right, but if well, you have the foundation, if, if, if you go back and you really grasp John one one through seventeen and what Logos is, and you put the whole thing of Logos in context, I think you know a lot. A lot of it really starts to unfold, but a lot of people have a really difficult time wrapping their mind around what Logos is, while Islam. Contrary to Logos, they worship will, and what's the Satanist creed? You know, Alistair Crowley, do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. And, uh, you know, it's a very different uh, philosophical foundation. Um, I just wanted to read one of the super chats here. Uh, The Dashing Rogue posts up, a daily reminder, Islam thinks Muhammad will have sex with Mother Mary for all eternity like the sick animal he is. Keep up the good work Jan. islam is cancer and i i did pc that a little bit <laughs> yeah um well yeah this this whole uh, get to heaven and paradise and it's going to be a, a fleshly uh playground is she really should send up red flags um that Wait, way to- you get 72 virgins and of course mother mary is going to be the queen of the virgins apparently you know we're not after muhammad gets to her right I guess <laughs> a lot of ugliness there for sure. For sure. Correct. I, I, I don't, I don't see how you can, as a Muslim, I mean, the only way this is the problem with Islam this is the way they get guys to blow themselves up. Most of the time is you're only assured of your salvation. If you die in jihad, right? That's the only way to make sure. So you want to take care of you and your family and your house and your mom and dad, go blow yourself up. Cause that's the only way God's going to accept you hundred percent. That's a problem. In fact, that's satanic uh, because that's the opposite of what Jesus would tell us uh, to love, do. Love and, your neighbor and do good deeds and live pray in truth. for your enemies. Right. right. Love you. Love those who hate you. All that stuff. Three, six, you know, one eighty opposite. Exactly. Uh, so it's it's exactly the antithesis, actually. You know. Right. So. Let me ask you, Christopher, let's, is, is Zionism, is it evil? Zionism, no. 
Uh, I don't think so. It, the the drive to return Jews to the land of Israel, if that's how you define it, definitely not evil. Um, you know, because a lot of people, as soon as you say Zionism, and that's the most evil thing in the world. Right. Yes, that's true. I've heard that. <laughs> I've, I've gotten it. Uh, God, I put up, uh, John and I were spreading around a meme one time that said, God is a Zionist. And so, uh, <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> you oh, wow. Well, you know, and uh, uh, I had, you know, there's the whole thing about the Talmud being the most evil book in the world. And I went through and I started checking all these quotes that the neo-Nazis and the Islamists and the GDL and KKK spread around. And mm -hmm. out of 70 quotes that I checked, only one was accurate. Good man. Bless you for doing that. And, and I will, I will get that published, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll send you uh, you know, it's, it's, there's more to get done and I'll start putting out videos on it, but it, it took, you know, months of work to go through and then what happened was I started going through and checking if I could find the same things in the Islamic texts. It took me, you know, two, three months to disprove 69 of the 70 from the Talmud. It took me two days to verify 75% of them in the Islamic texts. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, right. And nobody is saying that Talmud is, is God from the Lord or we should follow it or the Christian should depend on any of that stuff. Well, it's, no. a, it's a series of law books is what it is, you know, and it, it lays out the law of how people should be treated in Western society, you know, and it's like, you know, what they'll do is they take one single line out of context and then they omit the surrounding 10 pages of conversation. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's rabbis going back and forth using, uh, uh, oh shoot. Now I just forgot the term. Uh, it's called peppering is the English translation, but, uh, and then, you know, so one person states something and then they all debate it until it's, until it's brought to a logical conclusion. And so what the neo-Nazis and Islamists and, you know, other terrorist groups like the uh, GDL do is they'll take that one initial line and then omit the rest of the discussion and then say, look, it's the most evil book. Or, mm -hmm. you know, about two thirds of them were just uh, directly made up. Yeah. Or no, yeah. sorry, about one third and two thirds were taken out of context. So where, where now, now you made a joke a minute ago, God is a Zionist. So what do you mean by that? What are the biblical citations that support that statement? Boy, uh, yeah, the prophets generally repeat over and over and over. And I'm talking, you know, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Amos, Obadiah, yada, yada. Okay. Um, many, almost all of them repeat the theme that in the last days of the age of Israel, that God would call to return to the land. So if that's your definition of Zionism, it's all over the place. Um, there's a some of us jumped the gun and say, well, 1948. This is the final return of the Jews. This is this is all good. God's going to uh, take care of anyone who's there. That's a little short-sighted, also, because there's going to be an attack uh, coming, and it will be successful, and the Jews will be in big trouble. Um, but the fact that uh, yes, God uh, is desiring the, the Abrahamic covenant. Let's just to get theological here. Give you a theological answer. The Abrahamic covenant is a land deal, period. 
uh, it's everywhere. Go to Genesis, go to the Psalms. It's a land deal. Um, and it's unconditional. There's nothing Abraham's seed, natural, can do in disbelief, in, in disobedience, in arrogance. Nothing they can do will disqualify that covenant because God cut it with himself. If you go read the account, Abraham went to sleep and God walked himself in the midst of these pieces of flesh that uh, Abraham had set up. So it's impossible. You, you all know the statement, it's impossible for God to lie. He's not a man. It's impossible for him to Titus, lie. Titus 1, 2, etc. Correct. And it, so it's not even that it's not possible. Well, he's God. He can't do it, but he won't do it. Right. He well, made it with it's, that's, well, it's Logos. I mean, you know, God cannot lie because that's Logos. That's truth. So, you know, Satan is the father of all lies, so that would contradict the whole point. That's why Muslims use Takia and not Christians. That's right. So, so anyway, the, the, answer, the short answer to the question is uh, the Islamic, I'm sorry, the, Islamic, the Abrahamic covenant, the covenant with Abraham, is a land deal for what we call the promised land, land of Canaan, the land of Israel, for his physical seed. So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, what we call a Jewish person, that is was established for their kingdom. Now, it hasn't come to fullness yet because the king isn't on the scene at this time in glory. But when he is, that kingdom will be established in that land. So yes, in all those ways, God has designed us. Now, uh, somebody is saying, so this guy wants Palestine to disappear. If you're saying that Israel should be there, that automatically must mean that you want another country to disappear, apparently. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's uh, talk about non sequitur fallacy. But uh, yeah. anyway... Yeah, and this is not, I mean, if you want me to address it, I can. Um, You're welcome to. I mean, we should just answer it briefly. We need to get back to the topic. Sure. God loves everyone in that area the same. He has not chosen to love people more than other people. He has chosen a specific location and a specific people that he's called out to glorify himself and to make himself known. Uh, there is no Palestine as a country. There never has been or there never will be. Well, I shouldn't say never will be. We'll see here. The Antichrist will probably make sure that it happens. Uh, but no, we're not looking to destroy or do anything to anybody. We're just saying God is calling a people home. And even the Islamic sources will tell you. Uh, the land of Israel belongs to the Jews. Now, uh, what can you tell us about the attacks on Israel and Jews lately? Do you see the attacks as a misdirection away from Islam? Um, come again? Are, <laughs> that okay, all, there are all of these attacks. Everything is Zion, Jews. All evil in the world is attributed to the Jews. Nobody oh. is... Nobody does any wrong but the Jews. You know, we've even checked the financing, and it's like Jews are way down the list in, in financing and supporting of the Fed and their infiltrate, infiltration of U.S. universities, et cetera. They're like 47 times that of Israel, et cetera. But uh, do you see the attacks on Judaism and Israel as a misdirection away from the actions of Islam? Oh, no doubt about it. See, well, some of it is genuine on their end. They really, um, they really believe in this principle that once you've conquered a land, it's yours forever. So when, you know, Mehmet the Conqueror, you know, all, the, all this stuff from history hundreds and a thousand years ago, uh, when they conquered Jerusalem, they think, okay, from now on, this is a Muslim land. And that if anything changes in that status quo, we've got to change it back. So that's kind of where they're at in, um, geographically. Um, but yes, uh, the, it's a deep seated, uh, you see videos from the Palestinian territories, from Egypt, 
from when they're small, tiny children, uh, they're brainwashed into saying the Jew is a problem. Uh, we have to get them. We have to fight them. We have to take our land back with this and that. We have to liberate, liberate, liberate. So they, they're looked upon as freedom fighters and the Jews, the evil Jews are the ones controlling the world, controlling everything, controlling the media. Well, they must really be the, the chosen people then, if that's what all these people think, if they're really controlling the whole world, you know, it, it's kind of the in-your-face irony of their conspiracy theory. And I fell for it for a long time, too. And, you know, when we started doing the series on Islam and when I started fact-checking what the Talmud actually says and reading the Old Testament, it's like, first off, what is a Jew? And then you see, okay, well, are the people who sell porn and whatnot who are atheists or possibly they're Sabbatean Jews? Sabbatai Zevi was, a, you know, a Satanist who led a lot of uh, Jews into Islam, etc., you know, they do these things and then all of the Jews get the blame and you start, you know, you know, and they act like these people act in chorus, you know, and anything that's wrong in the world, they must be the Jews. And so and then when you look at everything, who has the real money? It's not Israel. It's not the Zionists. The, you know, I mean, they've been collecting our oil money for decades now. And they have the largest skyscrapers in the world in Dubai and other places. They, they, they uh, made the first artificial intelligence a citizen. Uh, this kind of stuff. It's called all coming out of Islam. And we've, like I said, you know, just recently we did a show exposing the the finances of Islam uh, with Lloyd De Jong. We've shown how the Isl- Illuminati, the Freemasons, etc., were originally. Uh, uh, Sufi Islamic organizations. So everybody's so busy repeating these mantras without ever fact-checking their beliefs. And when you get down and you start looking, you realize, wait a second, we have, you know, Hassani Sabah and these, you know, these famous uh, occultists and whatnot, and all of this stuff ties into Islam. It's not, you know, I mean, you know, the Babylon, you know, the Babylonian stuff alone shows that it's going into Islam. You would think so. Yeah. Like I say, what, once you really are willing to just step back and say, Lord, just show me this stuff. Uh, I don't want anyone telling me what it means. Just show me what it means. Uh, give me the scripture. Let me let the Holy spirit speak. And then things just open up and all this garbage, like you're saying, just kind of falls, falls to the wayside. I hope, um, many of us can can get through that because I'm with you. Um, I, you know, in years past, things were a little different. I haven't always uh, believed these exact things that I do today. Thank God. Oh, I, um, I got accused of selling out and all this nonsense when I start realizing that it was actually Islam and not Israel. You know, yeah. and, and you're not. You know, and there's this uh, you know terrorist group called the GDL, and they have they're you know. They're half Islamic and half Hollywood actors, and they go around and they spread all this hate speech. Maybe you've encountered them, but uh, you know they are the 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 key. It's the Jews' police online, and if you step out of line of that, they send their minions after you. You know, and they, they look, they appear, in my opinion, to be funded by uh, Tom Steyer, who's running for president right now, and the goal is to get you know, uh, people to do shootings and whatnot so that they can strip away free speech and the Second Amendment and blame Trump supporters for the whole thing. I think that's, you know, that's the underlying agenda, in my opinion. Could could, could well be. Yeah, as far like the blame the Jews mentality is, it, again, it's a, it's a demonic thing. I mean, it really doesn't make sense. You really need 
um, to be under some kind of uh, influence <laughs> spiritually to just default to that. It's just unnatural. There's no, there's such a small group of people uh, with almost nothing. For, like, 14, 14 to 16 million people. But, oh, you know, did you know that 1.8 billion Muslims, they're just brown people with box cutters who live in caves and <laughs> they are the victims of 14 million to 16 million Jews. That's that's the the logical narrative. And then when you go, wait a second, they have they're funding 47 times more money into our universities. Islam is. They mm-hmm. own, you know, they're number three on investments. Uh, like Saudi Arabia, I think, is number three on control of uh, de- our ownership of debt with the Fed, et cetera. And then you say, wait a second, you know, Israel is way down here. But we're only allowed to follow the "it's the Jews" narrative. You know, you gotta right. beat that drum, and boy, they will come after you if you question anything and think for yourself. But you know, as long you know, and there's even people in the in the chat that were former GDL people, and they woke up and realized that they were being had. So, you know, bless you guys that uh, have woken up. And you know, I like I said, I used to believe in that narrative too, but. You know, so talk about Muhammad as the perfect man. You know, he supports uh, marriage of six years old, six year olds, and you know, sex with nine year olds, beating wives. He was a mass murderer. He himself murdered upwards of three thousand people, and then uh, emulating this perfect man, this this perfect psychopath, is what we call halal. So, what do you have to say about uh, that? What can you add to that? Uh, n- not much. I mean, you got it. That's the the basic teaching of Islam is that he's the perfect example to follow. Uh, that's why Muslims do what they do. Um, of course, there's, you know, great scholarly questions about that. Uh, when did this actually, when did this begin? When did this practice start? Do we really know Muhammad did this, etc.? cetera? Uh, but the things he is c- purported and claimed to have done in the, their texts is so bad Um it clearly not something you want to emulate personally beheading Jews, by the way, um, the Banu Qurayza, it's a situation. Um, a lot of, see, the thing is a lot of your average Muslim has, doesn't get to that point. It's almost like a, a Scientology, you know, where you're, you're the next level, you get the true information. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You, you finally get to the point where you learn the real facts. Um, that's kind of what it's like for a lot of those guys, for a lot of Muslims. Like they don't, they never hear a lot of them. The Quran, by the way, if you didn't know, it can only be studied in Arabic. There's no other allowance for any other language. Even if you have one in your language, it's not really good enough. You have to do it in Arabic. Um, and in Arabic, you never actually get to the parts where the bad stuff happens. You know, you hear the good things uh, or you don't get to the Hadith where these things uh, have occurred or his uh, companions or his relatives telling you what, what he was like. Um, so they don't know that he actually killed people. A lot of folks just don't know it uh, or they don't know that he was engaged at six and married at nine and, and et cetera. Um, they don't, they think it's all lies. It's the Jews, <laughs> right? They're spreading these lies. And so, uh, but once you get serious about it, then you can have, kind of debates with folks like hey why are you sure you want to be doing this oh but it's okay because it was okay well it was justified the killing of the jews was justified there they didn't uh you know they were they were on trial they had a trial and they were judged guilty so therefore they could get the death penalty crazy stuff um but yeah i mean that's basically what it comes down to where versus you know as a christian you want to emulate jesus and follow the example of jesus the messiah 
completely uh, polar opposite, right? And again, it's not a coincidence that I believe Satan visited this man, Muhammad, uh, in that cave uh, as an angel of light disguised as an angel oh, of light. Oh, wait, a cave where all of the occult rituals happen, not on mountains like uh, like like uh, Noah and Abraham, et cetera. <laughs> right, you, you got to go hiding. Right. Yeah. And we all know the story or you, sh you know, it's pretty popular that he thought he was possessed. He thought it was, he thought it was demonic. Uh, he, he was sweating, you know, he couldn't speak. He was getting choked out. Uh, a lot of negative aspects to it. But uh, so basically the story is right. He goes visited by an angel and gets this antichrist um, gospel, basically another gospel full with uh, instructions about how to do this, that, and the other thing, different versions of Adam and Eve, different versions of Abraham and, and his chosen son, Ishmael, right? Um, just basically the, uh, the mirror image of the Bible. And of course, Jesus was just another prophet. He's not the son of God. God doesn't have a son. God is not a father. Just cutting right to the, the core of Christian teaching. I think it's very, very intentional uh, why that was done. And um, so, you know, everyone's got, a, God's got the plan. Plan A is still plan A. It's not a problem. He, he knows he's not surprised. It's not a big deal. Uh, Satan thinks he's, he's hot stuff. Uh, always did, right? Uh, if he knew, right, it's in the scriptures, if he knew by killing Jesus that he was going to lose, he wouldn't have done it. So he's not that sharp. Um, <laughs> but, but, but he still is, he, okay, he's like, all right, fine. Let's Plan B for me is let's raise up a whole new movement in the earth that's anti-Christ. That's right. anti-Jewish. Let, anti let's have him worship a black Kaaba Saturnalian stone in Mecca. We're just going to do old, right? We're going to go old school, bow before the idol. <laughs> rock, rock fell from heaven. We're just going to go stick it in his face. Talk about rock idols, right? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Arabian idol. And so, uh, well, they, they claim they don't actually worship it, even though they all gather around and circle it. And what and is it? it? 60 feet by 60 feet by 60 feet or something like that? 666? It's close to that. Yeah, two of the dimensions are for sure, yes. And they kiss it a lot of the time, Ooh. by the way. And, and, then they, and then they go travel the world and spread disease. <laughs> not not untrue. Uh, <laughs> when you're there, yeah, it's not. It's very sanitary. If you read um, people who've been there who've gone in undercover, there was an expose several years ago by a British journalist, I think, that one uh, poses a Muslim just to go on the Hajj, just to go into the Kaaba area and, and how did all these things come down. It's Let's just say it's very filthy, uh, earthy, okay? A lot of um, just base things happening uh, when you go on the Hajj. So it's not as glorifying as, as you might imagine. Definitely not. So uh, let's see. What can you say about the Vatican's acceptance of Islam and submission to Islam recently? They even did a had somebody preach uh, from the Quran at the Vatican recently. I mean, that's talk about the ultimate heresy. I don't. Yeah, this pope for sure is very, very weak. Um, he's at least ignorant. Um, I, I don't want to make too many judgments without knowing these folks very well. But needless to say, big mistake to do anything of this sort, all I remember is very, very clearly is if you remember ISIS when they first formed 2014, um, the day before they started their lightning offensive into Mosul was when there was a Muslim prayer at the Vatican. So at least from ISIS point of view, terrorist point of view, 
um, having a Muslim prayer in a Christian church, regardless of what we think about the Catholics, um, that in the Muslim mind, Rome, the Roman Catholic Church is the headquarters of Christianity on the earth. So they said, okay, our prayer was there. Our God is invoked there. We own that. We won. We just won. So we're clear to invade. And that's when ISIS started their uh, campaign and basically erased the border of Iraq and Syria. Uh, that still, by the way, is gone to this day. There are no two independent countries anymore. Um, so that's a, uh, yes, it's a big mistake. Horrible, stupid, uh, milk toast, right? I mean, I've read this statement that they came out with a couple months ago. Um, you know, with the understanding of the, the Islamic scholars and the Vatican scholars and all these things. And uh, people were kind of making too much out of it, I think. But basically, why would you even attempt something like that? I'm not, I'm not sure. They're just, I feel bad. You know, I, I want to pray for these folks and uh, get them to realize what the heck's going on. Um, and just to, to wake up here because their, their faith is going to be challenged and they're going to face a choice sooner or later. It's going to come in the next 10 years, I think, you know, with, with everything that we see going on. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been putting out a lot of shows. I've done what I think 12 shows now with, uh, counterterrorism expert uh, Lloyd DeYoung. And he lived in Dubai for 11 years and he, has gone through all of the Islamic texts and whatnot, and he's read all of the FBI's uh, seized files from uh, the Muslim Brotherhood and whatnot. And we're looking at, you know, 10 years out, it looks like they're in stage four of of five and uh, launching this massive attack against the West. And people are so busy staring at Israel, and, oh, it's Majus, they don't even you know, bother to look at the facts, they just regurgitate this, you know, these talking, these lists of talking points, you know, and they all use the exact same talking points. It's like they go to talking point school, or they're like, you know, when you call a a customer service center, and you get somebody in Asia, and they can only follow the talking points, and they can't go off the list, you know, that's, that's what they all sound like. And uh, so, what do you make of uh, Ezekiel 38? Ezekiel 38, Gog and Magog. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, some folks maybe want to put it uh, imminent or something. It's not, I, I think it's pretty clearly um, a view of Armageddon. Um, when it says Gog and God would even say, uh, haven't I called you? Aren't you the one who I called out in the previous prophets? That's a, uh, paraphrase but aren't you the one who i said would come against israel so in other words gog uh a lot of the times we want to make into this other character uh who can show up from russia or or somewhere to to make trouble for israel and then get defeated that's that's not what i read there that's not what i see uh gog is just another name for the antichrist um and that he will come from that area that the bible talks about it's not quite as far north as russia uh, but it is north of Israel, and it's where the Assyrian Empire was. It's where the seven churches of Revelation are, et cetera, in Turkey. Uh, so that area is where we've got to be looking for these things. Um, I think that's just basically what it means. And the battle that we see coming together, and there's a scripture there, um, when you see that uh, this confederacy, and it lists the confederacy of nations, right? Persia is in there. Persia is Iran. So when you see Persia and Turkey, or Iran and Turkey and Iraq get together, Okay, now we're now we're getting serious in end time stuff. But that's what Revelation 13 says. 
it's just coded, not coded, it's just uh, mentioned in uh, symbolic language that the book of Daniel uses, the lion, the bear, and the leopard. Same thing, same nations. Persia is Iran, Iraq and Syria are the lion, and the leopard is basically Turkey. So when you see all those together, they're not together right now, right? We know that. Uh, when they are, then you can say, all right, now. That's the beast this- we got to fight. That's it. That's it. Or That's the seven-headed dragon that we're going to be in real trouble with when they get that together. Correct. And it's a, there's a, um, uh, it's a step-by-step. We're not there yet, but it's going to happen. And it's ordained. God has ordained it. We don't have to be afraid of it. Um, but that's the way it goes down. And so Ezekiel 38, 39, just kind of zoom in on that final period where they get together. They're one, uh, they're, they have one mind now. They invade the nation of Israel and they win, basically. Um, and then God himself has to come take care of business at the end. That's the return of Christ. That's just how I see it in the simplest terms. And, you know, and we're so misdirected into looking at the Vatican or at the United States or at Israel or, you know, make up a half a dozen others of being Babylon. And once you start realizing that it's Islam and Mecca, et cetera, it all starts really clicking together and you don't have to, you know, work it so hard to piece things together. You can actually see all of the, the pieces coalesce and your your video, this one here, um, uh, the Islamic Mark of the Beast that you put out uh, or mm-hmm. that the channel put out years ago, they go in uh, talking about the Greek 666 here and what that all means and how it ties into the, uh, the headbands that uh, the Islamists wear. And then once, and the mark of the, the beast on the forehead there. And so what that means, and then you start to realize, oh my goodness, this is what they wear. This is the mark that they put on their, their heads. And you do have, uh, and I have looked that up as well. Allah actually means a curse. And just uh, for people who want to know, wait, what was that again? Hold on a second. That was H423. So let's go uh, H423 here. So we can see Allah right here is a curse, cursing, execration, oath, or swearing. You know, and then it's based on, uh, uh, we can look up uh, the next one. Primitive root properly to adjure, that is usually in a bad sense, to imprecate, curse, swear. So that's what Allah means. It's, an, it's a curse. And so when people start realizing what all of this means and these people constantly screaming for, for death and the murder of anyone who doesn't support their beliefs and, and whatnot, then it all really begins to come together. And I highly recommend people watch uh, this this uh, video, I will post that to the chat right now so that people can check that out after the show, of course. And uh, so, uh, Christopher, what uh, – here, hold on a second. Uh, let's get into the Arab Spring and calling for the beast. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, basically this is how this is going to come about. Um a few years ago, we, what we call the Arab Spring happened. A lot of popular uprisings were taking place across the Islamic governments of the Middle East. And, um, uh, you know, uh, as opposed to our wishes or the Western interpretation of that, oh, they just want democracy. That's not what these folks were after. They wanted to overthrow their dictators to implement the caliphate. That is uh, a one um, Islamic nation. It's a super nation. 
uh, all Muslims belong to the caliphate. Um, it's basically an Arab term meaning the rightly guided one or this rightly guided government. Uh, so you have a one in control of it called the caliph and they will follow that man and that system and that's it. That's what they're calling for. And in my reading of the scripture, this is exactly what the Bible says is coming where we have a super state of the nations that like the book of Joel says, the surrounding nations towards the ones that surround Israel, not, not Europe, right? Not Rome, not Russia, not China, not America, but these nations that are around Israel are the ones that Satan cares about because they're the ones that he uses to invade and in his plans to take over uh, Israel, to take over the temple Mount to stop Jesus from returning. That's his ultimate Goal. So the what we see in the Arab Spring, even today, the Syrian civil war came from that. The, there was almost an overthrow of the Jordanian government. There's almost almost an overthrow of the Saudi government. Uh, there's a push from the common Muslims to say the only uh, solution to our life problem is the caliphate, and so that's what they're pushing for. And in my way of thinking of it, when they say caliphate, I say the beast. That's that's the beast of Revelation. That's what we're talking about. It's a geopolitical. Uh, confederation around Israel. That's that's what they're calling for. I agree with you. And they, you know, somebody just mentioned it before I was going to bring it up. But uh, the California, the root there is the caliphate. I don't know if you've ever noticed that before. No, that's interesting. Yeah, probably why so much uh, liberal garbage comes out of California. <laughs> Could be. Could be. <laughs> So uh, let's see, what can you tell us about ISIS here? You know, and if you want to wrap it up and maybe I can have you back on again soon, or do you mind just plugging through this stuff? No, man, uh, whatever you say, I'm, I'm good. I'm not that tired yet. So this is a good change of pace for me. Um, now, so how, how do we do, uh, how do we transition basically from ISIS, right? We've gotten into this pretty, pretty good detail on the, the bigger course we had called the end times for beginners. If you want to, Go to that site, check it out, endtimesforbeginners.com. It just lays out scripturally what I'm about to say. Um, ISIS is, in, in a easy way of saying, is the first step toward this beast system. Uh, the book of Daniel lays out in chapter 7 four steps to get there. The first one is in the lands of ancient Babylon. That's Iraq and Syria today. The next one is from the ancient land of Persia, which is Iran. The third one is with the Greek word, uh, or we see it as Greece in our Bibles, actually the Hebrew word Yavan, J-A-V-A-N or Y-A-V-A-N, uh, which basically is Turkey. Um, and so those three kingdoms are going to have a little battle, and then they're going to come together. And that's what forms the final beast. And that's what we're looking at. So when I saw ISIS um, forming in this exact location of ancient Babylon and doing exactly what Nebuchadnezzar had done, and in the same place, in the same uh, spirit, uh, I'm like, okay, Lord, uh, I'm watching now. I'm watching now. And so it, to me, it's pretty clear that this is was the first phase of this. Uh, Iran, now it seems like the whole world is on Iran, right? Everyone's watching it. What are they going to do? Are they going to uh, kidnap people? Are they going to take tankers? What Are they going to attack uh, Syria or Iraq? What's going on? This is the next phase. Uh, and they're going to do their thing. They're going to be successful, but not forever. And then say, oh, well, obviously America or Israel is going to blow them up. doesn't say that. It doesn't say Israel is attacked at all at this point. Uh, Turkey will come in and take care of Iran. 
Um, a lot of people are like, wow, that's, that's insane. What are you talking about? Uh, if we know Islamic uh, warfare at all, we know that there's a Sunni and a Shia version, like you talked about, Jan, earlier, and they're at odds <laughs> many times. And we're seeing that, especially with Iran and Saudi Arabia right now. Uh, but if Iran makes a move uh, in an invasion, basically, an old school the invasion of other nations, um, they're going to be met uh, with a Sunni response. And they will be the ones to take care of the mullahs, um, the Iranian system. They're going to decapitate, probably literally, uh, the leadership uh, of Iran. And that will be the end of Iran in that sense. And Israel is going to be happy about this. And that's what eventually is going to lead to their acceptance of this leader that would come and say, hey, uh, we're going to make peace with you guys because uh, we're all together now. Uh, we're not fighting. We're not going to make problems for you. Uh, Iran is taken care of. You know, they were evil. They were crazy. They're gone. Uh, so let's make a deal here. Uh, let's say Jerusalem is an international city. Uh, let's go ahead and you guys go build your temple. Let's put it right next to the Dome of the Rock. Let's have uh, peace and unity and may open it up to the world. Hooray! We have a deal. Well, uh, as Christians would tell you, that's not a great deal. That's a deal with the devil, but it's how things are supposed to uh, play out. And that's when the final seven years uh, begin. So that's the real, real, real short answer about what ISIS is, is starting. It's the caliphate movement is to say, yes, we want this. Yes, we desire this. Even uh, there were many, many studies that uh, had come out when ISIS was doing their thing, when they were getting powerful, that even though, well, we don't agree with their method, but we do want the caliphate. <laughs> That's the, that's the spirit. The spirit behind it is that unification of the Islamic nations together as one, eventually, to make peace with Israel and then to break that peace. Just what we need. <clears throat> Let's see. And we already talked about uh, ISIS and their path of real estate, similar to uh, Nebuchadnezzar's. That's right. What can you say about the caliphate and the U.S., the wings of the eagle? We did, uh, we did a um, webinar uh, about a year ago that pretty much demonstrated, I think, that God has used America over its whole history to hold back the caliphate from reemerging. Um, back, uh, the Barbary pirates, right, the whole way back from the foundation of the country, uh, but especially the past hundred years after the caliphate was uh, erased, eradicated, made illegal by the Turks. That, by the way, what was the first thing that happened after it was made illegal? Muslim Brotherhood was formed to get it back. That's their whole point. Right. Well, um, so America has played a definitive role in stopping that. It's been tried. They tried to bring it back in Iraq. They tried to, Saddam Hussein, they tried to bring it back uh, in Iran at different times. Um, so America has been kind of wedged in here, stopping this. But I feel, in, especially in 2012, um, when President Obama said, hey, we're out of here, ISIS is like, great. <laughs> Just as soon as you're out, we're in. And caliphate, here we come. So that kind of opened the door. And whether we, you know, uh, intended to or not, we went from stopping the caliphate's rise to uh, helping it, to facilitating it, to saying, okay, we're okay with this. Uh, if you remember, Obama was very, you know, pro-Muslim Brotherhood and 
and pro these different groups like what is he crazy well in his you mind, know he was trying to well he's you know, you know when you get down to it even though he used Takia to pray in church it still really appears that he was a muslim and he certainly did a lot of things to support islam and you know john brennan the former head of the cia that uh, trump kicked out was a straight up muslim and even talked about going on hajj and all of this stuff yes Yep. So the point is that um, that point of history, I think, was a was a real turning point. And, um, you know, for me at that time, this was before I had accepted God's calling to to be, uh, you know, to do church stuff uh, is I was in politics. I was ahead of a a U.S. Senate candidate campaign in that year, 2012. And I was I committed myself to Barack Obama, that was my thing, right? 2008, 2012, we can't have this guy. And then he won again that year. This was after the, the whole Benghazi, remember all that stuff? Um, and so I'm like, wow, this country who, uh, these apparently this majority, I believe, exists in America, apparently doesn't exist. Uh, maybe we don't want what I want. Maybe we don't really care. Uh, maybe we're okay uh, with this type of, of governance, with this type of, um, of Islam moving in or whatever else it is. Uh, moving in, we're this is a post-Christian country now. Uh, this is a post-Christian society. That's what that's what Obama called it—a post-Christian yes. country. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you and, know, and they it, were very happy about that because they want to create the fall here. You know, I mean, how do you enslave a society but to get them to fall into iniquity and give up their uh, Christianity? You know, the the liberals don't understand that the freedom that we have in this country comes from Christianity. They think it's mind control, not the foundation of truth, uh, you know, as far as I know, the logos, the word, reason, is where we get logic from, which is the art of non-contradictory identification. Why do we go into a court and place our hand on a Bible, you know, and swear to tell the truth? And because God is truth, you know, and Satan is the father of all lies. And if people can't grasp what that is, and if they think that that's bad and that truth is mind control, they need to stop and rethink things and, you know, sit down and actually read the Bible. The, you know, the people that I come across who think they're the most informed about what the Bible says have never read it. Or maybe they read it between age five to ten. And, you know. Yes. I the same, same experience. Yeah, it's uh, really interesting how often that happens. <laughs> well, it hasn't happened to me for two or three hours <laughs> <laughs> but uh can you say anything about the uh, russian and islamic collusion or uh, alexander dugan i'm not familiar with that name um maybe refresh my memory well but... D- dugan is the his dad was in russian intelligence and he's a he, he ran the bolshevik party in in russia but he's a, a major russian military strategist and thinker and he's you know behind a lot of this uh you know peddling of the destruction of the west you know so that russian orthodoxy can reign supreme and you know i think it's a a daring move because if they don't play it just right islam will get in there and crush them i mean you know king jan of poland only you know luckily was able to push islam back once before but uh uh, I think it's uh, a rather risky move, to say the I, least. I got you now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> they're definitely playing a game uh, in Russia because they know the threat that they have on in their south from 
Islam. And so they're not fans. <laughs> uh, but they're, they they're helping Islam right now. The, the old saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So it appears that Islam and Russia are, are currently in cahoots. As far as if it, if it hurts America. Right. Exactly. Russia's all for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, they're definitely trying to uh, egg that whole thing on, um, whether it be in Syria, whether it be with Iran, uh, Turkish military, all that stuff. Um, they're definitely trying to trying to play both sides of that. And you're right, uh, where they think they're going to be immune, maybe this is going to buy them some time or what have you. Um, I, it's probably not going to work out very well. But I do have a principle of, as far as end times and all these things go, if the Bible doesn't speak to it, I'm really not going to put a guess out there. I'm just not going to really worry about it. Uh, this, the uh, possibilities are open. You know, if, if the Bible doesn't speak about America, that means anything is possible, positive or negative. We can, we can be overthrown tomorrow. We can be invaded. We, we can go on and be a great nation or who knows. Uh, it's just not, if it's not written. I'm not going to uh, say one way or the other. Um, same thing with Russia it's just not in there so hey they could who knows they could be a great power they could be nothing they could be uh subverted who knows so i'm, I'm just trying to concentrate on the lands that the bible does talk about but uh, a lot of folks do think russia is in there and i think one of your questions had to do with the the bear right um yeah and so right folks have kind of um superimposed the image of the bear because the Soviet yeah, that, Union. That's, that's the very next question, in fact. So I'm glad you're on to it here. Yeah. The, the, the uh, folks are saying, well, it, the, when the Bible says the bear in Daniel 7, it must be talking about Russia. And I'm like, hang on a second. Uh, <laughs> that, that identification was not given to the Russians for many, many centuries after Daniel was written. Um, they're just not talking about that. Uh, it's about maybe 100 years old, maybe 150 years old as an identifier, just like America and the eagle. Okay, well, Babylon had an eagle. Uh, you know, um, Egypt has an eagle on their flag. So it's not like you can just say, well, that is that country because they identify that way today. Not really working that way. Um, to, in Daniel, it's pretty, to me, it's pretty, it's very clear uh, that the bear is in what we call Iran, is Persia, uh, because the that book keeps repeating the same kingdoms over and over and over chapter two chapter seven chapter six chapter seven chapter eight chapter 10 uh, 11 all of them it's mentioned the same kingdoms babylon persia yavon and the antichrist that's it um the real rome really isn't even in there so i just think well i guess it's repeating itself again because that's the pattern so uh the bear there i really don't think we should be looking at russia at all it doesn't mean they don't have a role it doesn't mean they won't support this or that it doesn't mean they won't try to you know pick sides in this thing Metal. i don't know right interesting well it, you know and and looking at your video series today you do make a pretty solid case in my opinion of these of this seven-headed hydra and these islamic nations joining together and then, you know, they will have the strength and power to push Sharia law and this whole Islamic uh, agenda of killing and subjugating the kafir. And what you said earlier about the, the mark of the beast, right, the, on the head and the forehead and the, the arm, and that's all been a huge mystery uh, throughout time, basically. How could this, how could this be? The main oh. point behind you, that and it might be as simple as a headband or an, an armband and the rest of it 
or ring. But um, basically what you want to take from that is they're choosing it. All right? right. It's not something where you're strapping somebody down and, and forcing them to get a tattoo or, or a microchip. Uh, they're choosing, they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly that they're serving a God and this particular God has specific rules, regulations, and beliefs. And so, yes, I'm signing up for this. I realize that I'm bowing down to this God and great. You get fed today or, you know, you, know, you get your medicine, you get your home back, what, what have you. So that's the main thing I just want to get across to believers is um, it's not uh, where you don't know it. It's not where you're forced to do it. It's not under the radar. It'll be obvious. It'll be something you're going to choose or folks will be choosing to do. That's the bottom line takeaway from, from that. And it's only going to be possible when there's um, basically one state with one set of laws that we uh, has been given a name of Sharia, uh, et cetera. But uh, when that comes, then we can have this mark. Before then, it's not even... It's not even worth thinking about, really, because it's not not possible. When this the, this false prophet guy shows up, he's the one that starts this whole show. And then, okay, now I see. Now I see. But the point is, it's intentional. Nobody's making you do it. Uh, it's you know, don't worry about paying with your debit card or any of that. I was just saying, let's just be serious. It's a spiritual issue. They're choosing. Yes, I'm following this God. Do you know who E. Michael Jones is? Uh, I don't know. All right. Yeah, you know, people are kind of going off topic in the chat, but they're upset because I told them that their question was irrelevant. Uh -oh. But uh, let's see. So what do you think about the rise of global anti-Semitism and terrorist hate groups like the GDL, neo-Nazis, KKK, you know, Islamic, uh, quote-unquote extremists? Yeah, it's all, it's, all satan it's all part of the plan from the evil one uh, to, to put a... Um, the spotlight on God, what has God has chosen. And this is goes back to the book of Acts. If you look back where Paul is in Ephesus and he's trying to take the gospel there and he's surrounded by, oh, they're trying to, great, great is F Artemis or Diana of the Ephesians, right? That whole episode. They are a, uh, a wild group of folks. They get incensed by the leaders of the town and they say, hey, we're going to worship our rock that fell from heaven. And there's nothing that these Christians are going to do about it. And great is our God, great is Diana, or great is Artemis, great is our, that's Allahu Akbar. Right? Yeah, yeah. God is great, God is great, God is great. Same thing. It's, it's a spirit that Satan has, will stir up in folks. And by the way, they only started chanting that when it says what? When they found out they were Jews. <laughs> when they found out they were Jews. So they didn't like them at first. But then you find out they're Jews and the hate comes out. Kill them. Kill right. them. They don't deserve to live. Great as God, great as Artemis, great as Artemis. So like there's something um, instructive in that that God is showing us. That's really the way you're going to tell uh, Satan is at work, where there's this unreasonable uh, supernatural hatred of the Jews. And it's for no other reason other than I chose them. Right. And I think I think at the core of that, you know, we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but I think at the core of that is to get rid of the Old Testament and to then be able to push forward. Uh, and you mentioned it in some of your talks, uh, Chris Lom or Christ Lom, mm -hmm. you know, because they can't have, you know, you can't have Sharia in a free society. So they want to kill off freedom you know and when you understand the old testament when you understand the talmud 
and you get that this is the foundation of Western law, again, going to the courtroom and placing your hand on the Bible and swearing to tell the truth, I mean, why is that there? And then once we get that these are laws, you know, the Ten Commandments on down through the rest of it, uh, this is how we've established a free Western society. So the Islamists want to kill off the Jews to bring in Sharia law and Chrislam, and then ultimately kill off the Christians as well, and then have their their so-called peace on earth, you know, so that they can be the fake religion of peace. Yeah, and, and again, that's why this, this Isa, that they're saying Jesus, when they say Jesus is coming back before the end of time for Judgment Day, this is the Jesus they're talking about, is the one who gives you that offer, who says, uh, convert or be killed. Uh, no more, it says it takes away the jizya. Well, there's no more no more jizya attacks at that time because Jesus is back. You don't have, there's not going to be an option anymore. You can't be a Christian and live under Islam. You're either a Muslim or you're an unbeliever. Correct. Those are the options. And, and that, again, that's exactly what uh, the scriptures say is coming. So, I mean, I, yeah, as and a we pastor, see it happening all over the place, Christians being persecuted more than any other group all over the world right now. Correct. And th- th- hopefully this is instructive, too, for us in the West, that it could come for us at any time. There will be no uh, rapture to take us away from that. that this is prescribed. Uh, this is the way it's always been. This is why all the disciples, maybe not John, uh, were all martyred. Uh, this is just the way it goes. And we have to be willing to say, yes, Lord, I, I'm okay. You know, if this is your desire, then this is what it's going to be. And how do we overcome the bees? How do we overcome Satan in the in the uh, final analysis? It's the word of our testimony, and we didn't love our lives even when faced with death. So, once we get there as a church, I don't care what denomination you're talking about. Uh, once we get there, that we're willing to get literally give up our life for our witness. If we're willing to testify, if we're willing to stop, the only way to stop a terrorist is the gospel. It's the only way. Uh, they're 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 set on their goal because they believe God wants them to do that. It's only when they're told otherwise that no, God does not want you to do that. That there is a better way. That he loves you and He died for you, and He rose from the dead, and He's going to come again in glory. So you better get on the team. Uh, that's the only way to stop these guys. So if if we had a church that thought that way, I think it would be really really um, powerful, really powerful, and it really wouldn't matter what. The situation is as far as you know freedoms or or where our governments are or what nation we're in that's now we're the church and that's really what i'm looking forward to that level of maturity what can you say about the philistines and gaza or philistines aka hamas and gaza mm-hmm. uh again old 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 history there uh nothing has really changed at all um, this is, you know, I believe this is where the term Palestinian comes from, the Philistines. Um, they've always lived in Gaza. They've uh, kind of hunkered down there. And so that's why Israel left and said, okay, guys, you rule yourself. We're out of here. We're just going to put a wall up and good luck. Um, it's just nothing has changed. And Satan has had, uh, you know, Goliath and all the rest of it. He's had a stronghold on those peoples for millennium. And, uh, you know, we can pray. I mean, we got to pray for them. We got to pray that uh, pray that the gospel can can penetrate. And Hamas is just a, a natural um, result, consequence of that demonic oppression there. 
and to be just consumed. I mean, you see it, all these rockets and stuff that are fired for, what do they think they're going to accomplish with those rockets? Uh, they know they're not going to do any damage. Uh, they might kill some innocents and yay, they'll have to hand out some candy and, and then get well, their butt. Well, but then what happens is that Israel goes in there and then you and then Hamas and these imams play up the humanitarian agenda like, you know, like they admit that they're doing. You know, I think that's the real goal is to shoot them over, get Israel to attack, play victim and then uh, play up the humanitarian agenda. Oh, look at what Israel is doing to those poor innocent uh you know muslims and palestinians right and, and that's what you hear these congresswomen saying right i mean that's exactly what they're saying is that oh the, the poor palestinians are being uh, beaten down by the oppressors of israel we have to do something about this uh how could we not do something about this so yes it's it's certainly that's part of the long game uh that they're playing yeah yeah and i'm showing this on screen here this is uh from November 2018, an imam in New Jersey admits this entire agenda. So uh, people can uh, uh, search that. Just search imam at uh, New Jersey Islamic Work Center or Center Workshop Palestinian Causes Islamic, but must be marketed as humanitarian to garner everybody's support. So, uh, you know, uh, and I'll post the link for that in the uh, chat as well so people can check that out. Definitely, you start grasping the the agenda. And uh, Dashing Rogue, thanks again for the, the uh, super chat. He says, again, we need a video on fourth generational warfare. We'll have to do something about that later on. Um, and not, obviously not in this show. We're just about to wrap it up here. But uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Can I just – so Trevor says, I'm in New Jersey. Now this place is already hell. I grew up <laughs> – I, I grew up there uh, in Bergen County uh, in the north part of the state there by New York. And uh, so, I'm, you know, it's been a while, but that, that's my hometown. Yeah, my hometown. I, I've been to New Jersey plenty of times. I mean, there is a lot of nice area in the state, but wow, you know, you get over to, uh, oh, goodness, what's the city that borders New York there? Um, Newark. Jersey City or Newark? Yeah. Newark. It's like, wow, what a – I'll be polite. Never mind. So, uh, <laughs> what a place I don't want to live. Yeah, what a place I don't want to live with, with drug users standing dazed in the center of the street with a needle, needle hanging out of their arm and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, uh, okay, what about the crescent and the star? What does that mean to you? Boy, um, yeah, I got to give John credit on this one. Uh, he really did some awesome, awesome work on this. The back in the book of Judges, um, and Gideon. When if you read that account, uh, you, you, I, I lost you there. Kills the Midianite uh, kings. I lost you uh, for a second. Can you repeat oh, yeah, that? Yeah, start over a little bit. There. Sure. Yes, sir. So yeah, from back way back in the book of Judges, if you look at Gideon and his uh, the account of Gideon and the victory that he had over the Midianite kings, um, there's an interesting little tidbit there at the end that says uh, they took all the crescent ornaments. Uh, off of the camel's necks and like what oh that's interesting um and so midian if if we can have a little mini geography lesson basically is in northwest saudi arabia today um and that region will be very very important in the days to come here uh that crescent and the star have always been um important to the arabian people to the arabs in uh, the peninsula called Arabia. 
And so I think God is just kind of pointing that out saying, Hey guys, <laughs> this is what it's about. Uh, look here, you know, all eyes here, please. Um, when Islam adopted those things, it should have been instructive to say, Hey, wait a minute. I mean, there's tons of scriptures. You can say, you know, we're not children of the night. We're children of the day. Uh, uh, and yet this is a nighttime uh, a symbol from Islam that you're looking up in the dark. Basically. Which, which, uh, which in your, in your video series, which number was that, that it was in? Oh boy. Um, I, I, I'd have to get back to you on that, Jan. I don't. I, don't I was remember. just going to try to show it on screen. Was it nine or ten? It seems like. <sighs> Man, are you talking about the ten signs videos? Oh, I was. Yeah, uh, you show it in there, but I was just wondering if I could find it. I, I'm just trying to scan through to give the audience a little idea, if you don't mind. No, that's that's fine. Uh, feel free. I don't. I don't recall. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the it is an interesting tidbit that maybe oh, we should i just found it oh. all right cool. good here you go so here so this is what he's talking about here the crescent surrounding the star yeah all right so anyway go ahead yeah right okay that's yeah that's the they're they're asserting their authority um over that location and if you see they call that um, if you ever heard, hear the term Shia Crescent or Sunni Crescent, right? So the, it's actually the nation surrounding Israel. And that's always, 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 always been the uh, Islamic goal. So uh, those symbols, they're biblical, they're old school. They go all the way back to Midian and, and Midian and Gideon, right? Easy. Uh, check, yeah, there you go. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's my friend Robbie. Uh, Robbie Harridge uh, uh, had that. Um, vision basically it's hey dude check this out like you know that's that's right on um yeah keep that in mind when you see um and obviously you see if you have a mosque in your town or or you know of one it's always the highest point right they always make it the highest point in the city to uh, assert dominance to say okay when the call goes out the call to prayer it's going to be going everywhere 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 possible so that's again part of the spirit um, behind it, which is you know the dominance, the intimidation, the the um, um, so you won't speak out, and ultimately it means so you won't speak the gospel, so you'll be afraid to to give a witness uh, for Christ. Um, it's all part of the very basic plan. I got to say, Satan is uh, pretty basic when it comes down to it. Father of lies manipulation you know and they're you know unfortunately they always seem to come up with new ways to lie but you know that's the the most difficult thing is unwrapping the lies and figuring them out but if you check the primary citations folks which i've been teaching you for almost 10 years now hmm. you'll uh you know you'll you'll figure it out all right pastor christopher Manti, thank you so much. Do you have uh, anything you'd like to add? Any? Well, uh, just, you know, if, if folks want to reach out to me, you can reach me on Twitter, Manti4, M-A-N-T-E-I, the number four. Um, I'd be happy to exchange ideas with you. Of course, we got a YouTube channel at Wings of the Eagle, uh, Armageddon News, you, you know of, follow uh, videos there. Um, the book that we we're just referencing earlier real quick is... I can throw it up here. This is what we just completed, just printed these. So Flee of the Mountains, uh, which is looking forward again, not 
today, but for what's coming uh, once this unit unification happens that we've been discussing with these Islamic nations, and they actually do make their move uh, on Israel, what is our role as the church at that time? And I believe we have a real responsibility uh, at that time to the Jews uh, to the point where, like Jesus would say, hey, what have you done exactly? Uh, when the chips were down, wh where were you? You know, wh where were you? What, what have you been doing? Uh, and I think there's some real specific scriptures on what exactly we should be doing and where uh, we are going to make refuge, basically, in the, these mountains that Jesus tells you to flee to. Where are they? Uh, what's the deal? So that's all in there. Uh, Fleet of the Mountains book.com. If you care to look into that more, then I'll just send you a free chapter uh, and some free stuff and tell you how to get a hold of that if you're interested. And like it just real quick, the last thing is called the End Times for Beginners. It's the course you went through, Jan, is about two and a half hours. This one's about 30 hours, I think. Uh, it's just every place that were the ones that I could think of that the end times come up. Oh, from the book of Numbers, all through the prophets, all through the New Testament, the words of Jesus and Paul and, and Revelation, all of it. Whenever it comes up, here's where the scripture is. Here's what the context is. Here's where the connections are, right? This is actually referencing this. This is referencing that. It's not newspaper exegesis, right? It's not uh, looking at current events. It's saying scripture, interpret scripture. And uh, everyone who's taken it, you know, pastors on down have been very, very uh, complimentary of. In fact, one of my friend, Pastor Jake McCandless, has said this is, he's been through seminary, he has master's degrees and all these things. He said, this end time stuff was never, ever presented in seminary like it is uh, in this course. So if you're interested in it, uh, endtimesforbeginners.com will, will uh, help you out there. But other than that, I'm, I'm set, man. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, maybe we can have you back on sometime. Yes, sir. I'd, I'd be honored. Thanks, John. I appreciate you very much, man. Hey, you're welcome, and uh, appreciate your work as well. Hopefully that gave uh, people a little bit more to chew on. Uh, just one more episode. Now they got about 34, 35 uh, shows to dig through on Islam on the channel now, so it'll be going like going through your uh series and whatnot to, to try to get their heads around it but if you you know dedicate yourselves folks you'll start to understand a lot more of what's going on and the uh, distraction and and whatnot the people are out there selling to get you to not understand so anyway good night everybody thank you so much good night uh pastor <laughs> pastor chris <laughs> pastor <laughs> pastor christopher <laughs> thank you brother Thank you, and uh, have a good night, everybody. Take care. See you next See week. You. Oh, wait. Actually, next week, I'll probably be in Tahoe. Not sure if I'll do a show or not, but uh, I'll think about it. Enjoy. <laughs>